0: The title of my message this morning is Free from the Fear of Failure, and our text is Matthew 25, 25 through 27. Um, we want to talk about the fear of failure this morning. Uh, now, I, I know that no one wants to be a failure in life, right? Uh, Orion has become quite gregarious lately, <laughs> and, uh, and get, judging from uh, his dad and uh, his granddad and his brother, he's, he's going to be talking it's, it's going to be a lot of, uh, yeah, so I heard him speaking out there, so I'm glad to see Orion today. How old is Orion now? Seven months? All right, all right. Yeah, yeah I think time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nice they say he's going to be driving before long. Yeah. Max, Max drives. Max has, He has his own car. He has a car. He has a, he has a BMW, actually. And uh, it's red. It's a red convertible. And, and he drives it around the neighborhood, battery-powered. And uh, his dad walks behind him to make sure he doesn't run into anything. And then when uh, he gets done with that, he'll pass that on to Orion, and then he'll have a red BMW. Anyway, <laughs> failure. Nobody wants, to be, nobody wants to be a failure, right? Uh, but here's the truth, and, uh, and hear me this morning. Failure really is universal. Okay everybody experiences failure and everybody experiences at some point in their lives the fear of failure in fact it's it is a prevalent fear that literally paralyzes millions of people yeah yeah and uh, thomas edison said it like this many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up and so the fear of failure is not really new it's been around for ages in fact Jesus tells this story in the 25th chapter of Matthew uh, about a master who has three servants. And he divides his income up, up among these three servants and says basically to these, these servants, I'm going on a trip, and I want you to take my money, and I want you to invest it. And the first guy took the money, and you know the story. He doubled the money. Uh, and the master was pleased. He was satisfied. And the second guy took the money and, 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 uh, and doubled it. And the master was, was satisfied. Uh, but the third guy is who we come to in verse 25. And here, here's where we pick up his story. And listen to what the text says about him. So, And this is him speaking. So I was afraid. Go back. There you go. And went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather what I have not scattered. scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit uh, with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. You see what happens? The first two guys apparently had enough courage and enough faith to take the master's money to properly invest, to get a return. The third man basically says, I was afraid. What was he afraid of? Apparently he was afraid of failing. And so he hid the money. And what Jesus wants us to learn from this story is that when we refuse to take risk, we're refusing to live by faith. And the question is this. How do we find freedom from the fear of failure? And I want to give you a few things, four things, and then a fifth thing that, wrap, that ties it all together, uh, basically that I, that I think can help us overcome the fear of failure. Number one is this. Discover that everyone fails. I know some, some of you might be sitting here today and said, you know, I, I never fail anything. Again, I'd like to speak with you when service is over. I want to know the secret of your success. Uh, but, if but if you have failed, I want to give you encouragement this morning. You are not alone, right? Uh, the starting point to overcoming the fear of failure is to realize that it is indeed a universal experience. And everybody fails in fact, James is very specific about this, and he says this in James 3.2. Simply put, we all stumble in many ways. And this is tongue-in-cheek. A study's been done, and they've discovered that the failure rate of human beings is 100%. <laughs> no such study was, has been done, but if one could be done... Uh, we would discover that basically all of us as human beings, we all fail at some point right nobody 's perfect, right We all blow it you can 't get away from that principle in the scripture, Even the great men of the Bible have failed and that 's what I love about the, 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 about the Word of God is that we see a very real a very real and practical picture of, of, of men and women who struggle just as we struggle and we see things like we see people like Abraham who failed to really believe that God would give him a son in his old age and so he, he slept with his uh, with someone who wasn't his wife as he slept with his concubine in other words in, in order to, to 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 further along the the the, the plan of God J- Jacob was a, a conniver and kind of a thief he stole his brother's birthright right he was a trickster but God allowed Jacob to bless the world through his progeny through his children right there was Noah who the Bible says of Noah Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord but no, after all of the good things he did, ended up basically getting drunk, right? Uh, I don't know if he went to the same hairdresser that, uh, that Cheryl goes to, but he ends up getting drunk, right? Uh, Moses is, was known as a stutterer, and Moses killed an Egyptian, and was, so in that sense could be considered a, a, a murderer, uh, even though he t- seemed to be defending a, a fellow Israelite. Uh, David, of course, committed adultery with Bathsheba, right? And, uh, and then murdered her husband to hide what he had done. And yet, David is known in Scripture as what? A man after God's own heart. And we could go on and on and on, couldn't we? Everyone fails. And I, I, I love what Romans 3, 23 says because it reminds us of this, that everyone, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Everybody fails. And and think about some different areas in life. If you're a baseball player, you're like a superstar. If you only uh, make, if if you only get out 700 out of like a thousand times, you know, you hit 300. That means you. That about a third of the time you actually hit the ball, the rest of the time you miss, and you're still like, you're still a superstar. Basketball players, if you're a professional basketball player, I, I, from what I understand, I, you guys know I'm not a real sports guy, right? But I understand that you're pretty good that you're at the top of your game if you, if, you, if you miss 50% of your shots. Nobody's perfect. Failure is universal, and that's why we all need God's grace. And so the first thing we do is to discover that everyone fails. The second thing is this. We need to determine... That failure is not final. Turn to your neighbor and say, failure is not final. Look at Proverbs twenty-four sixteen. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Even good people stumble, but history is filled with these stories, these biographies of, of, of failures who got up and kept on going. I read where George Washington lost two-thirds of all the battles he fought during the American Revolution, but eventually he won the war and became the first president of the United States. Napoleon graduated from, what I understand, 42nd in a class of 43 students. What a brilliant guy. Wow. Road scholar there, huh? Then he went on and conquered Europe, Right. <laughs> Uh, failure doesn't have to be final. I, I read that Billy Graham said when he first was asked to preach that he, his first sermon, he had four sermons, and so he preached all four of them in under ten minutes. <laughs> now, you, can you imagine if, if Billy Graham had said, you know, you know, I'm just, I'm just not cut out for this. I don't want to endure this. I don't want to go through this kind of embarrassment again. The world would have missed one of the greatest preachers of all times, one of the greatest evangelists of modern times. Failure does not have to be final. But this is what we've got to do. We've got to learn to make the most of our mistakes. And we've got to realize and always remember that our failure does not have to be final. Now, it's been said in, that in the backwoods of Arkansas, I've been there once, there was a man. You know, I think about Dr. Bill Latour on TV. You know who he is? He's, he's a lawyer. He's a personal injury attorney. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not... Hyping him today, but I always laugh. My wife would always laugh at him because he says, I'm a lawyer and a psychologist. And I was like, so How do you, what, what, how does that work? So I always say, You know, you know, yeah, he was in school a lot. Uh, you know, so, you know, he's, you know, I always say, You know, my, my doctor, he, he's a doctor and a, uh, and a veterinarian. <laughs> That's kind of scary. But, but there was a guy in, in, in uh, Arkansas who worked as a veterinarian and a taxidermist. And so there was a sign. The sign on his office, and it's there before you, it said this. Either way, you get your dog back. (laughs) If I can't cure him, if I I can't cure little Fido, I'll stuff him (laughs) and send him home. (laughs) We we can learn from our mistakes, and failure doesn't have to be final. I, I love These words in Galatians 6, 9 that really, really encourage me when I'm struggling with with, with failure. And that is this. and, And Paul writes this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. And what's the condition? If we do not give up. And sometimes we give up too soon. Sometimes we quit prematurely. And what happens is when we quit, guess what? We forfeit the harvest. Failure is not the worst thing that can happen. It happens to everyone, and it doesn't have to be final. And the third way to overcome failure is this. Discern the benefits of failure. In Romans eight twenty eight, Paul makes this amazing assertion. He says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And you ask, does that include, does that, that all things, does it include failure? Absolutely. God can work even in and through your failures. And I don't doubt that there's some of you here today, and I would put my hand up with that lot, and would say there were times when I thought I had simply blown it, but God took that failure, that mistake, and turned it around and made something greater out of it and worked his purpose in my life and the life of other people around me. One of the most well-known figures in the New Testament is a man named Simon. Simon was very well acquainted with failure. Uh, when Jesus walked on water, Simon tried. He started out okay, but he, he sank, right? Um, when Jesus wanted to wash Simon's feet, he, he blew it because he, he missed the cue and didn't understand what was going on and, and, and initially would not let Jesus wash his feet. And so he got rebuked by the Lord. He, he, he failed at the time of Jesus' arrest because he took out a sword and cut off the ear of, of, of a servant of the high priest. And He he failed to stand up for Jesus during the trial before Herod, and he failed to stand with Jesus at the foot of the cross. And when you read through the Gospels, it seems like Simon messes up almost everything he touches. But Jesus gives Simon a new name. He gives him the name Cephas, Peter, which means rock. And ultimately, God, Jesus offers forgiveness to Simon and restores him. And Simon ends up, Peter, Peter ends up preaching one of the greatest messages of all time, where 3,000 people will become followers of Christ in one day, in the book of Acts, the second chapter. You see, there are benefits that come from failure. Let me give you just a few real quickly. Number one, failure educates us. It is said Thomas Edison had uh, 10,000 failures before he learned how to create the light bulb. How about that? He said he didn't call it a failure. He called it an education." He said, "I now know 10,000 things that don't work. <laughs> there are some things that in life that are really only learned through failure. Failure isn't special. Everybody does it, but learn from, but to learn from failure, that is special. And smart people are able to learn from their failures. Number two, failure develops our skills. How do you learn to ride a bike? Um, basically, you know, apart from the training wheels, you fall down and get back up. I was talking with some guys the other day about when I learned to ride with clipless pedals. In other words, the kind of pedals where your foot is attached to the pedal. And we talk, and I was talking with some guys that that, that I had I hadn't known long, but we were all had the same experience when we first learned to ride with those kind of pedals. There's just this slow motion. Uh, fall over to your side. It happens the first time when you do it and you forget to, clip to, to to kick your foot out and your feet are stuck in the pedals and you've stopped. You have no more forward motion. You say, okay, I'm going down hard. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That was some years ago. And now when I jump on my bike, I still, I, I have, I, I, I learned through the the, the, the sore arm uh, on a couple of occasions. I mean, I could tell you the first time it was on the Santa Ana River uh, uh, trail over near Chapman Avenue in Orange. That's how you remember those things, right? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I, I learned something through that mistake. And when you, 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 when you ride a bike, you, you fall down, you learn to get back up. You learn to roller skate the same way. That's why I don't skate. <laughs> Failure, though, is a stepping stone to Success. if you try new approaches, if you, if you will learn from your mistakes, how, how many stories have you heard about people who failed in one area only to, to, to find that that failure motivated them to try something else and to succeed in another area? M- maybe you don't know the name of this man named Ray Kroc. Uh, and this is our, our, our brother. Uh, uh, Romel is uh, troubled out here. Just we, we pray for him. I went out and talked to him, and we just want to let him be. So you, you hear that. The, 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 yeah, so that's our, our, one of our neighborhood friends. And we just want to love him and pray for him. Amen. Uh, uh, but there's a guy named Ray Kroc, and, he, and he, he failed in real estate. But some of you were probably glad because then he went out and started this little thing called McDonald's. <laughs> uh, or I hear that Colonel Sanders failed at everything in his life until he was about 70 years old. That means I still have some years ahead of me to, to mess up. And then he started doing what he'd always wanted to do in the first place, and that's fried chicken. <laughs> right? And so when you fail at something, maybe God is developing a skill that you didn't know that you had. God uses failure to direct us into new areas. Some of us have, have tried to, to, to serve in a particular area of ministry. And, and maybe we feel as if we fail. And so sometimes we just kind of put our hands up, throw our hands up, and we walk away from serving, from, from, from trying to, 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 to use our gifts. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to keep growing, to keep learning, and to develop our skills. Uh, But, you know, there's another benefit to failure. And watch this. Failure makes us less judgmental. Somebody really likes my preaching outside. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the people I know who fail, guess what, tend to be a little bit more sympathetic, a little bit more patient with others, right? Without failure, it's kind of easy to look down on those who fail. Some people who perceive of themselves as rip-roaring successes are very impatient with other people. But some of us, because we've, we've had a few ups and downs in our lives, because we've missed the boat sometimes, because, we've, because we have failed, it, it allows us to be patient with others, to, to be loving towards others. Jesus put it like this. He said, the one who has been forgiven little loves little. Yeah. But the one who's been forgiven much loves much. And so if we want to find freedom from the fear of failure, remember we have to... Discover that everyone fails. Determine that failure is not final. Discern the benefits of failure. And then finally, we must get this, decide to stop comparing ourselves to others. This really is the root of a lot of the fear of failure. We live in a very competitive society. And we're constantly placed in situations where we, we are in competition with others. And, and parents even compete with each other through their kids in sports and, 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 and music and things like that or even the kids, that, the clothes that they dress their kids in to where to go to school. And, and the competition in our society goes on and on and on and on in so many different ways. And people even compete with each other through the gifts they buy for each other. Just And then now we have social media and, and we're, we're bombarded with the real or contrived successes, the real or the imaginary successes of all of the people that we, uh, that we are, are linked to or subscribed to or are, are, are f- friended or whatever, and all of their supposed achievements or accomplishments, however they might want to dress their, their, their resume or their story. But we're, we're exposed to that, and that creates discontent within us. We really, and I'm going to talk about this more when I, as I'm researching and thinking through it, but we, we as, as Christ followers really will have to think about the way that we embrace and, and, and utilize social media if we want to stay mentally, spiritually, and emotionally healthy yeah. because there's something about that, about that world that, that can have some deleterious effects for our lives. And through social media, there really is an issue of us comparing ourselves to, I just, you know, as far as just, I don't want to see what all of you have had for lunch yesterday because I might feel left out. <laughs> so here's the bottom line. Success is not doing better than, every, than someone else. Success is not simply being the best at what you do. But success is just doing your best. Success is just doing your best failure, then, more than anything, is not making the effort, not even trying. See, the failure isn't to try and to fail; the failure is to not even try. And so, when you compare yourselves with others, you set yourself up to be controlled by the fear of failure. It's even—it's easy for me to do as a pastor, and I—we struggle with this in ministry because particularly when you lead a smaller church, as, as, as in our situation, it's easy. And, and I used to go to denominational. Uh, meetings with other pastors, and back in the '90s when the church growth movement was raging, it's you know it was all about numbers. And you know you're sitting here and guys talking about yeah, well we're building our uh, you know 2.5 million dollar Sunday school expansion uh, next week, and uh, uh, I'm having a hard time finding uh, associate pastors to hire at six figures. You know, and I'm like, and they, you know say, okay, what's your issue? Well, we don't have hot water in the front bathroom. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, the guys outside, the, the, the ambient noise around the building uh, seeps in, you know, whatever. You know, and it's easy for it, and I struggled with that for years. It's easy to compare yourself with others and to, to allow yourself to feel as though you're a failure because your success is not on the level of someone else's. And I finally realized that success was not being at a certain level of something. Success was doing what God had told me to do, where He told me to do it, in the way that He's given me to do. Yeah. And so what can happen is that that, that comparison, that, com, that comparative thinking can, can, can paralyze to, to the point where you, you, you say, why even bother? I'll never be like that person. I can never do that that well. I can never be on that level. Why even bother? And maybe I just shouldn't do it. But the answer is no, you should do it. God calls you to do it, if God gave you to do it, if, it's your, if that's your role, you do it, and you don't compare yourselves with others. Listen, I, I came to realize I'm doing what God told me, and he will not evaluate me in comparison with other people. He evaluates me based upon my faithfulness to what he's called me to do, and it's the same with you. He's not going to evaluate you or, 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 or critique you alongside other people and compare you to others. He's going to look at you based upon what he's asked you to do and your faithfulness to him galatians 6 4 drives this point home i think very well and paul writes this he says each one should test his own actions they can then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else so if you want to overcome the fear of failure you've got to discover this that everyone fails you've got to determine that failure is not final discern the benefits of failure decide to stop comparing yourself to others and then finally, this ties it all together. Depend on the power of Jesus. Let me ask you this question: In what area of your life are you afraid of failing? Are you, you know, I could say, are you afraid to move to that new city? And apparently, maybe not. I wish you were. I, why do I have to preach this message for you? I don't want to. I don't want to No, I do. Cheryl, we are 100% behind you. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, am I'm gonna joke with you because I really hate to see you go. But I want you to follow God's God's calling on your life. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you a hard time all, you know, all the way because I love you so much. But are you afraid of you afraid of that new community are you afraid of that interview for that job are you afraid of, that you're not going to keep the job you have because of the economy are you afraid of, of failure in your marriage are you afraid of are you afraid of, of, of being single are you afraid of being a bad parent or or, you know what what fear of failure might be gripping your heart and the only failure that that is complete is when we fail to respond to the love and the grace and the mercy of god and so if you've never responded to the love of jesus christ i would invite you to to to, before you leave here today to, to to do that by placing your faith in him as your savior and lord but you can't play it safe and please god so i'm going to ask you today to think about where it is that you need to step out of your comfort zone and trust God. And maybe as a Christian, perhaps God is saying to you, I want you to start doing something new that you haven't done before. Something that, I, that, that you know you should be doing, but you've been afraid to do it. Maybe it is God saying to you today, you need to commit to this local church or to a local church. You need to plant your feet. You need to get somewhere and get settled and really be there and make that commitment. And, you know, you need to get married rather than just keep dating in the church, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's that kind of thing. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, uh, God has called you to some new ministry and, you, and you're afraid of it. But God says, just do what I've asked you to do. Would you take that step of faith today and would you say, God, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this area. With my time and my relationship and my my, my resources, whatever you have for me, I'm going to do that. Will you do that today? Will you do that? And then finally, as I close this morning, I came across this quote from Francis Chan. And um, he said this, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter that's, think about that our greatest fear should not be of failure but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter so this morning i would encourage you to to reject the fear of failure and to embrace the spirit of adventure and spirit spirit of faith to make sure that you're not just succeeding in trivial, mundane things and neglect to take the step of faith to do the things in life that really do matter. Things that further the kingdom of God. Things that bless other people. Things that, that, that reflect and, and uh, convey the love of Jesus. Things that, that have to do with the great commission. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Let's pray.